listen to our list It's our top five picks It's objectively subjective So listen along Our lists are never wrong It's not subjectively objective It's objectively subjective Objectively subjective Welcome to Objectively Subjective, a podcast where we objectively give you our subjective top five list on many different topics, some current, some relevant, and others spoopy, spoopy bad guys. I am one of your hosts, Paul Jansen, and this week, ruining his perfect attendance is not Blake Allen, but our good friend and returning back to the podcast... Dustin Elkins is back. He's back. He's back. He's he's late, but he's back. <laughs> I'm back and late. <laughs> right on. Uh, so yeah, we uh, when we decided to do a couple of uh, spoopy list this month, we knew we had to have Dustin on because he is a uh, specialist in the realm of horror. Horror. Uh, horror. I gotta make sure I don't rush that word too often in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we knew we wanted to have him on. Um, so yes, uh, as you guys are listening to this, uh, I do know this, you notice this episode will not be the Treehouse of horror episode, horror episode that, uh, we promised, uh, when we, uh, publicized, it's just, uh, we've had a bunch of scheduling conflicts and, uh, Blake's had some, uh, mishaps going on with his house and, uh, it's just been hectic right now. And luckily Dustin was able to, uh, shuffle his schedule around for us and uh make sure we get us uh, an episode out this week uh so but treehouse of horror will be coming next week guys we promise <laughs> we promise it will be coming uh but uh i appreciate you dustin for uh, accommodating our uh hectic schedule so oh it's no problem man i like i love doing the show so i will absolutely whatever i need to do man yeah man so I guess without further ado, we'll tell you everybody what we are doing. So if you couldn't tell by the intro, it is horror horror related. It is because of this is October and it's spoopy month. And uh, I know we didn't go all out for spoopy month, but we're hoping this podcast lasts a while. And we don't want to you know blow our load all in one the first month of first first October we get. So <laughs> so uh, but this uh, week's topic is going to be top five horror villains. Um, I believe that's what we ended up settling on, right? Horror villains? Yep. Okay, cool. Horror. Uh, horror. Because I'll tell you what, man. I had a pretty hard time with this. Like, I ended up putting down a lot more people than I thought I would. And it, it was a little bit easier when I started thinking of them as true villains instead of just like horror characters. And so I ended up mm-hmm. – I, mean, I was like, okay, well, I can't put that one. I can't put that one. Because there were some characters I really liked the monster designs of certain things, but they weren't really actually villains. So I was able to avoid them and make my list a little bit easier. And uh, I was like also to like, cause I know your list is cause you watch way more horror than I do. I do watch a good bit, but not as much as you. And so your list will probably have some more niche characters. And I was like, man, I don't want to put, you know, a bunch of like the more obvious characters, but I was like, well, I, I like these characters. So I still want to put them on here. So I have a few of mine that are probably going to be more obvious. Uh, but that's yeah, a, I had um, I had to whittle mine down. I had certain characters that were obvious, and then I really wanted to just give, like, put on my list, give people, you know, someone to look up. You know, like I'll recommend this movie, and if they enjoy me talking about the character, then they might enjoy the movie. So that was that's pr- practically what my list is about. Oh, that makes sense. 
Well, right on. So, um, without any further ado, I think we'll go ahead and just, uh, we're going to dive into this thing. And since you are my guest, I'm going to have you go first. So, why don't you hit, okay. hit the people with your number five, my friend. All right, well, my number five, she is a mean green mother from outer space. Okay. And that is the Audrey 2. Oh, shop a horse. that's a great, 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 great pick. See, I was trying to think of stuff like that a little off the wall like that. And, but the ones I would think that were off the wall like that weren't true villains. Audrey 2 is a true villain. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, she is. It's, you know, her main plan is world dominance. Yep. You know, she's coming to conquer Earth. So I love Little Shop of Horrors. It's probably my favorite musical. And people, when they see the word musical, they don't think of horror. But this Audrey 2 ends up just eating people throughout the whole movie. Well, what's the name of and the movie? Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, horrors. There you go. Ho- horrors. Horror. <laughs> um, Audrey 2 is voiced by Levi Stubbs. Uh, he was a singer of the Four Tops from, like, the 1960s and 70s. Big, uh... Big American big band band. Um, stars Rick Moranis. Uh, John Candy's in it. Steve Martin. Uh, really good. Really good. Um, it had a budget of $25 million and it grossed about 39 So it was a box office success coming off of a play. The original movie was Jack Nicholson's first movie. He played the Bill Murray character in the horror version of the movie. Um, and I did a little fun thing for all of mine. I gave them their kill counts. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> Audrey two killed about three and a half people, and I'm using the half because he bit down on Audrey, the first Audrey, but didn't kill her. Yeah. So there were three people who had died by the hands of Audrey two in Little Shop of Horrors. So uh, I should say I also love this musical uh me and penny actually watched it last week uh and milo's watched it with me uh and literally like for the last week penny will be up in her room going little shop little shop of horror just singing to herself while she's playing it's so yeah, good we um we just recently went to uh one of the drive-ins down here in florida because they were playing it oh that'd so be we awesome seeing it at the drive-in that's a perfect movie for a drive-in yeah, so. it's awesome. It's so good. If you have, if anyone hasn't seen Little Shop of Horrors, I highly recommend it because it is family friendly, but it also has the monster element you want in a horror movie with this plant. Yeah, and the cast kills it too. Like you know, Rick Moranis, uh, uh, Steve Martin, everybody's great in it. Uh, yeah. But uh, what was I gonna say about that movie? Uh, man, I was gonna say something. I do love the. Uh, do you you probably don't know off the top of your head uh, who if uh, who did the character or the, the monster design of that? I know it's a random question. Uh, I don't, but I knew I do know. There's like 16 puppeteers on that. It's like it's, a puppeteer per vine, puppet, two puppeteers per head. Yeah, it's stuff like that. It's huge, and I know uh, the guy who wrote it. Uh, I can't remember his name. He's uh, this is gonna drive me nuts because I just watched a documentary about him on. Disney Plus, but he's uh he all he wrote that musical, but he also famously did uh you know Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, and did Aladdin right before he unfortunately passed away from AIDS. Uh, I can't remember his name. It's gonna, I feel bad, but anyway, he, that was like his first real big breakthrough was writing Little Shop of Horrors, and uh, which obviously is a huge hit. I know he's from the Baltimore area too. He's like a John Waters guy too. Like he's 
which is uh, you really can kind of tell too. Like it's sort of a John Waters film to that, or I mean, a feel to that movie too. Um, you know, who John Howard, Wat- Howard Ashman. Howard Ashman. There it is. Thank you. Do uh, you know who John Waters is, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I figured you did. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, they're all they all came from that scene, and like he. Uh, but yeah, and he, uh, you know, he was one of basically he wrote all the music that revitalized the Disney animation like Howard Ashman did. Like he did little mermaid beauty and the beast and his, his love child was Aladdin. Unfortunately, he never got to see it before he passed away. So, but, uh, yeah, Howard Ashman musical genius, but Audrey too is a great villain. He's, it's a good comedic horror villain too. Like there's that, like, it's not like super scary, but it's still a really fun horror villain. Like, cause that's the thing too. It's like, it doesn't have to be like the super intimidating character to be a good horror villain. It just has to be, uh, intriguing or, or it has to draw you in and Audrey too does that. So that's yeah, a, that's a, I gr- love it. I love, I love, we got to the point. There was one time where I was casting Mario characters in little shop of horrors. Like who would be who, but Mario, Oh, uh, that'd be I a, that obsessed with that movie. <laughs> so who would be, Oh, obviously peaches Audrey, right? Yeah. Then the uh, piranha plant Audrey too. Okay. Obviously. Um, Wario would be Steve Martin. I would think uh, I would Mario think, would be Mr. Mushnick. Okay, perfect. So Luigi would be yeah uh, Seymour. It'd be Luigi and perfect, Daisy. perfect. Yeah. Luigi and Daisy. Okay, so Daisy is Audrey. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that's perfect. That's what I think. It's like uh, Luigi has to be Seymour. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. Horror movie villains. Audrey too. Audrey too. Cool deal. So uh, yeah. <laughs> another uh, tangent. Tangent for you guys. All right. So we're gonna get, we're gonna get to uh, my number five. So I don't. Uh, my, my number five is one of those. It's not too off the wall, but it's not one I think people immediately go to when they think of horror movie villains because the character doesn't really have a name. And honestly, out of all my characters, it's probably the one you see actually see the least in the movie. Uh, my number five is the shark from Jaws. Uh, as as a child, uh, growing up around the water in Florida, uh, this, it this it, it, it terrified me. Like <laughs> it uh, it terrified me to get in the ocean for uh, to go really deep for a long time. Um, like I said, there's nothing super fancy about this character. It's just a large a large fish that's all it is so a little backstory about uh about the character obviously the shark has it's been a different shark but uh jaws has had several movies uh but we're only going to talk about the first one because it's the only good one and uh it can <laughs> I'll, I'll we'll talk about that after you're done okay it, it came out uh, uh, it came out in 1975 it's a steven spielberg movie um the shark is obviously animatronic uh and you really only see the top half of the shark when you actually see any of the shark other than when you see the uh, dorsal fin. Um, and what makes this, the horror element of this character so, I think, powerful is the fact that you never see it. It's the anticipation of seeing the character and what the character will do that makes it so terrifying. Like, it's just this... this like the whole time you're just like, just have the shark just pop out already, just pop out already, and uh, and when it does, it finally does, you know, get out, uh, jump out and take the boat and all that stuff. It it's pretty terrifying. It's a <laughs> it's a massive man eating shark, uh, 
like I said, this that is could be really attributed to a lot of Spielberg's genius. And what honestly, it was almost a happy accident too, because you know, like the original idea was to have this other design of a fake shark because they knew they couldn't use a real shark. It's just no way. So, uh, mm-hmm. but they were gonna, their plan was to show the shark a ton more, but they just it, it just wasn't logistically possible. So what what we saw in the movie is what they end up having to work with and i think it was just like i said it's a happy accident that what makes this movie so terrifying is that you don't see the shark very much and uh because I, I feel like if you know the shark is all over the film it takes away the suspense and it takes away the the horror element it just becomes more of just an action movie of humans fighting sharks you know so i you know so like think deep blue sea you know like, that's the why it might be a, a fun movie it's like you know you see the sharks the whole movie so so yeah but yeah what do you have to add uh, a little yeah i got a little things um you know the name of the shark yeah like they've actually actually have a name for that yeah. animatronic shark yeah i knew she's a female that i can't remember the name of her though his name is bruce bruce okay so uh is that where finding nemo got the finding name nemo there you go 100 percent. okay yeah and the, the story of jaws was actually based off of a bull shark here in florida like it was a, a bull shark incident that jaws was based off of which are notorious uh, from the from the book which from, it, it was the, it was in the book and then spielberg turned it into the movie yeah yeah, I, knew, yeah. Um, I loved i love jaws i love this the element i love the score uh brody is such a cool character quint such a cool character um and the score is john williams for those who don't know john williams it was a genius oh, yeah. and I, why am i why am i blanking on uh who's the third guy in the boat robert shaw um, robert shaw yeah, uh, Richard Dreyfus. Yeah, Richard Dreyfus. Because okay. what they want, what they wanted to do, like they're like, we need to hire someone to be a uh, marine biologist. And Spielberg's like, why well, not just hire someone who is a marine biologist? And they got Richard Dreyfus, which is awesome because he's probably my favorite part of that whole movie. Yeah, it, uh, it ties a my, re- personally my yeah. It's personally my favorite is the third. <laughs> as shitty as that sounds. Okay. I love the SeaWorld one. I love the 3D effects because they're so bad, but it makes the movie so much fun. Oh, yeah. So that's what I said. The third one is the theme park, right? So you have yeah. you have two, which is also at a beach, right? And then three is in the theme park, and then four is Revenge. Right? Yeah. Okay. So after the, after the first one, all the rest of the movies become a revenge movie because the second one isn't the same shark. The third one's not the same shark. The fourth one's not the same shark. Right, because um, they blow up, they blow but, them up. And <laughs> each one they blow them up. Yeah, but uh, but what I love most about the first one is the suspense. You know, you don't get to see the shark a lot, um, and when you do, it's very super effective. Like when he's chumming in the water and he turns around and he sees the shark right in his face, or when uh, when all those people are on that banana raft and the, the shark comes right up at that little girl, you just you get scared because you've never seen something like that before. And it, it has spawned uh, a fear in people to not go into the water because I don't like when I don't want we go to the beach. I don't even go shin deep dude because of that movie. Yeah. Like, I don't put myself in a situation I can't defend myself in. So why <laughs> I'm not going to step into something else's element and uh, not be, uh, you, be defenseless. You're at immediate disadvantage. Yeah. That's one thing too. Is I, like, is this it? And I will say this reason it's not as higher to me because to me there I do have this internal debate uh, that technically Jaws isn't the villain of this movie. Like I do, yeah. I believe the humans are the villains of these movies because this the shark lives in the water. Like these humans mm-hmm. don't. This is a vacation resort. You are literally trampling in their living room, 
and then you're surprised when they're pissed about it. Like it's like imagine if someone yeah. broke into your house and was just like, I'm gonna hang out here and throw beach balls and have fun in your living room. Like the appropriate response would be, I'm gonna beat your ass and throw you out of my house. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, like this is the he's shot. Gonna eat their ass. Yeah, he's gonna eat well well that, well, literally, <laughs> literally. <laughs> Literally, literally, literally. Yeah. Uh, uh, that episode of Family Guy where uh, they have that one character is Jaws. He's like, or the, the voice. He's like, he goes, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm eat, eat you, dada, dada." Paul, did you know the girl who was eaten first in Jaws had dandruff? No. They, they found her head and shoulders on the beach. Oh God! All right. <laughs> my, so my number five is the shark, Bruce. Which recently, uh, what's his face? The uh, the famous uh, horror makeup guy. He, he's Rick Baker. No, he he's directed Tom Savini. Tom Savini. Thank you. Uh, I, wasn't he recently in charge of a team of restoring that animatronic? Uh, like within the last two, year or two. I'm pretty sure because it got restored. I, that, I do know it got restored. I don't. I don't know that, but I do know a long time. Like you on Disney Plus, there's a show called Prop Culture. Oh yeah, I watched it. Um, a, a long time ago, the History Channel had a show called uh, Hollywood Treasures, and they would do the same thing. Like they would go around and they would find all these props from movies and put them in an auction, and then the auction money would go to some charity. And they actually found one of the Bruces, and it was at some junkyard on like it was like on the the pole for the sign that advertises the junkyard. It was on that, which was just unreal because you you're sitting there looking at cinema history and they're not gonna it's just being destroyed it was okay but as for restoring i have no idea yeah it got restored it got restored uh by greg nicotero oh okay yeah yeah yeah. walking dead yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. it got it got restored uh i think it was last year so it's completely been restored back to movie quality nice nice yeah so that's pretty cool uh which you know it should be it's movie history man so yeah. Uh, my number five is the shark from Jaws. So, Dustin, let's give the people your number four. Paul, do you ever wonder what what happened if Superman was a villain? Uh, like if it, he landed on Earth and wasn't good. Uh, if you're going with this is a newer movie, I think you're going with right. I am. Okay. Brandon Breyer from Brightburn. I love that movie. I, I love I love I love James Gunn. So like, it was a fresh piece of just something we wanted. We didn't know we wanted it, and when we watched it, I'm like, "This is great," because I hate Superman with a passion. Same, and, it's just... and the fact that they made a horror movie that this is what could have happened is I loved it. I loved every bit of it. Yeah, it was just a cool concept in the sense that. Like, you know, Superman is this plain white bread character. You're like, God, like, imagine what this dude could do if he was truly evil. And then James Gunn says, yes, imagine. And it delivers that movie. You don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to. Here it is. That's what he did. It's so good. If And if um, the whole cast. Um, Elizabeth Banks. Elizabeth Banks. And then the only, the only other movie I've ever seen the dad in was in the Power Rangers reboot. Um, I don't remember who the dad he was. Plays, he plays the dad of the Red Ranger in the Power Rangers movie. Okay, I'm gonna look him up while you're talking. Uh, it came out 
uh, last year of May uh, had a budget of uh, 12 million and it grossed 32. So it was definitely a box office success, and they're talking about a sequel, which we don't need that because it was really a good one-off story. Oh, is it David Denman? Um, David Din- David Denman played Roy in The Office. Jim oh. uh, Pam's first. Uh, uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, he was the, uh, the 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 packaging guy, right? The guy yeah, that it was Pam's pepper sprayed by pa- <laughs> pepper sprayed by Dwight. Yeah, it's Pam's fiance in like the first two seasons. Okay, because that's the only part of the office I've ever laughed at. <laughs> oh, I love the office. <laughs> but but the office will come up again later on in my list. Well, there you go. There it is. Um, he actually has the highest kill count on my whole list, and that's because he took down a, a a private charter plane at the end of the movie, and made it look like he was the only survivor of that airplane crash. Um, by hand, he only killed six, but but that airplane crash, and that was two hundred and sixty-eight. So he has the highest kill count on my entire list. That's a lot of people. But it's good. That's a lot. I'm not sure how many people. It's good. I wish I could go back and look up and see how many Jaws killed. Now you got me curious. Uh, Um, it's a bit. It's a good bit. There's the girl at the beginning. There's Quint. There's the little boy on the raft that nobody paid attention to till the very end when they seen the raft wash up on shore. Um, there's the head that pops up in the. Boat that scares Richard Dreyfus. Let's see. It, I think I think that's it. I think there's only four in the first movie. It is four. Okay. Four humans. Um. Yeah. Because he also kills the dog. Um, he also kills the dogs. Do those count? Nah, dogs never count in scary movies because they're precious angels. But he kills the shark. Shouldn't yeah. they count more? Shouldn't they count double? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, uh, but yeah, no. If 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 uh, you haven't seen Brightburn, I highly suggest it because, like we said, it's a it's a superhero movie with the horror element, and it's just a breath fresh of air from James Gunn. And it's very because... very 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 graphic. So if you're a little queasy, there's some moments. Uh, Man, that when he when he picks up that truck and drives. Exactly it, what I was thinking. Exactly what I was thinking. Man, it's so good, so good. That's a great. That's yeah. a that's a great uh, off the beaten path pick. I like it. Uh, it's one of those that I don't think people would traditionally think of, but he is an evil little bastard. So uh, it's like think of yeah. it's like think of one of these like little evil kids from any supernatural film you can think of now had Superman powers, like <laughs> like the like legitimately like he has everything Superman has, but he still yep. has like the one weakness. Like the only weakness is the piece of metal from his ship. Yep. You know, I mean, his dad tried to take him out back and uh, you know put him in the pasture, but that didn't work. So nope. Um, yeah, yeah. And the mom figured stuff out, and it's 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 so good. I can I can only recommend it so much. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if that's streaming anywhere currently. Uh. So, but uh, if not, man, rent it. Just I know you can rent it on Amazon Prime. Three bucks. It's definitely worth it. It's a really yeah. really entertaining movie. So. All righty then. Uh, Brandon Breyer from Brightburn. Brendan Breyer, Brightburn. It's a lot of bees. Um, okay, so I'll, pretty much the rest of mine are going to be just tradi- more traditional classic horror villains. Um, so I apologize for anybody who wanted to hear somebody super fancy, but this is these are the guys I like. So, <laughs> so, that's, what matter, that's what matters. It's your list. Exactly. So my number four is um, 
I think I'm gonna look at my list. Is the only one left I think on my list that's a just a normal human being. Uh, but I had to put this on my list because this movie uh, terrifies me. It is a complete work of genius by Stanley Kubrick. My number four is Jack Torrance, uh, the character portrayed by Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Uh, I know he's been portrayed a few times now in uh, different adaptations. I'm not talking about any of those. I'm talking about the Stanley Kubrick version, uh, which I, I know isn't as accurate to the Stephen King book. Don't care. Uh, the movie's still great. So... <laughs> Um, <clears throat> it's uh, you. All, what's so great about him is he he's just a normal dude who basically just goes crazy. Uh, but it what's so great about this movie is you watch the slow burn of him turn into this completely awful human being. Like you get the hints at the beginning of the movie that the guy already isn't a stellar person. Like he's already kind of a shitty dad. Because you, you find out over the movie he's already hurt Danny a couple times. Uh, he seems pr- like fairly abusive early, even early on. They show signs of it, but by the time he starts to lose his mind, you know, you know, midway toward the end of this movie, you start to see. I think that's why I appreciate it. It's the human element, right? Like of there, it's they they kind of tease these supernatural things without the movie, but that's more just tied to the actual hotel itself and to Danny's Shannon. So, uh, the shinning, the shinning, uh, and then, uh, but whereas he's just, uh, you know, kind of a dude who's just a piece of shit that loses his mind and goes over the edge, driven crazy by the supernatural events that are happening around him. And, uh, and Jack Nicholson is, I think goes without saying is a, you know, five star actor. So him, it was not hard for him to pull off this role, uh, considering he i think he'd already done one flew over the cuckoo's nest at this point so he knew how to do crazy uh you know to, from from the the very like eerie awkward scenes where he's talking to the dead bartender to the really really like the scene that got me as a kid was uh the old lady in the bathtub that one still still gets me makes me cringe um and then uh to you know the obviously the big final chase scene where he's chasing uh danny and his wife and the 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 to the here's johnny improv moment by jack nicholson uh it's just terrifying because like i said it's realistic in the sense that you can be in a scenario where just somebody snaps and decides that he wants to kill his whole family it happens literally in real life all the time so that element of it to me is more terrifying than the supernatural elements because the supernatural elements kind of make you suspend disbelief for a while. You're like, oh, okay, uh, th- this is not completely, you know, something that'll happen. But if you can, if you put all that aside, the rest of it is really, really terrifying. And especially as a child, because <laughs> you're watching a child get chased by a grown man with an axe. So, but yeah, uh, I had to put Jack Torrance on there. The Shining is one of my favorite horror films of all time. So I knew. Uh, I had to put him on here, but I couldn't put him much higher because I think his kill count is one. Uh, one. <laughs> yeah, one. Yep. So, uh, and so that's why he's not much higher. Like he's, but he is such. I like a lot of the cerebral type villains. Those are more of my thing because that's the stuff that terrifies me more. Um, but yeah, man, Jack Torrance. Do you have anything, Dad? I do, because uh, he was one that I actually wrestled with a lot 
um, because the list I wanted to make would have been people who I really wanted on it, but then I thought about why they are the way they way they are in the movie. So, like how you just pointed out with Bruce and Jaws, how people are in his living room, I would think the Overlook would be more or less the central villain because the the cook makes the point that this isn't the first caretaker that went crazy in that hotel. Oh yeah. So I feel like the Overlook would was more or less the villain. Then Jack Jack Torrance was just the the outlet. Like he was the one who expressed it all. Yeah, yeah. So I think the reason that like, uh, go ahead. Good. I was gonna All say right. the, the reason that I like it because I, I agree like because he's driven insane he's pushed to the edge by this other uh you know force that pushes him to do these things but I think the element was there already for him to do so like because his pu- you you find out that he was abusive before they even got there so like yeah the seed was already planted exactly and the tree was just growing exactly and they yeah. just wa- overlook hotel the supernatural of it there kind of just watered it and pushed him over the edge so. Yeah, but no, yeah, I, I, it's good. It's very long. Um, I've, I haven't seen Doctor Sleep yet, but I've heard a lot of good things about it, and I've heard a lot of bad things about it. I've heard um, mostly good. Watch it. I've heard mostly good. Yeah. Um, uh, my sis- I, have, I have two. Good. Yeah, so my sister-in-law is a giant Stephen King fan, and so she's not a huge fan of The Shining, the movie, because it's not super accurate to the books. But Doctor Sleep yeah. is a direct sequel to that movie. And she loved Doctor Sleep, so and uh, we share Amazon Prime with her, and she owns it. So I need to watch. We need to watch. I think it's on HBO Max now too. So, but okay, awesome. But uh, did you see Ready Player One? Did I see Ready Player One? Have you, yeah, have you I bought it from Milo when it came did out. You, did you like that recreation of the the bathroom scene in that? Uh, that was pretty neat. It was neat. Uh, I, that movie is a whole other conversation for a different day. I love the book. It's, uh, <laughs> I do too. I love the movie too, but I, I love the book. Like, I, the book is great. I won't say I love the movie. Uh, it, it was okay. I, I just it, I tolerate it. Milo loved it. Like it, it's not because they changed the pop culture references. I think that was a thing, something you had to do to make that movie work. It, uh, it had to happen like for, that for the target audiences. My problem is how much they changed the actual story. Like just all the pol- oh. the political element and all that stuff like that. It was just completely thrown out, and I was just like, I was like, I, I, I kind of it, it lost me. But Milo loved it, so that's all that matters. Exactly. If you haven't read the book, you'd enjoy the movie. Yeah, I yeah, I will I will say that. At least it wasn't Ender's Game. So, uh that's 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 true. The, they ru- <laughs> oh god, I could I could do a whole hour on that, but we won't. So, yeah. Once again, my number 4 is uh Jack Torrance from The Shining. So, The oh, Shining. Uh so Dustin, that leaves your number 3. My number three is probably my favorite of all, like, of my list. I didn't want to put, I don't want to call them cliche, but, like, the, the top five, you know, the big guys. Right, right. But Kane Hodder plays my number three. Kane Hodder is Jason Voorhees. Okay. I must, um, as I know how much you love him. So. My number three. Oh, yeah. My number three is Victor Crowley from the Hatchet series. Oh, Okay. Not the book, the ha- not the book hatchet, <laughs> which is completely different. <laughs> completely different. Hatchet is the story for is a story from Adam Green about a dad who had a deformed son that lived out in the woods, and these kids came and threw fireworks at the house and set it on fire, 
and the dad tried to break into the house to get the kid out but didn't know the kid was pushed up against the door and he gave him a hatchet to the face so hatchet face is kind of like the lore of this character the whole movie is based in new orleans um it came out in 2007 so it was like right when i don't say slashers were dying because scream was still up and going and stuff like that but um Victor Crowley and Hatchet was a new take on American Slasher by giving us this lore dump of this character while having um, the cheesiness that the 1980s Camp Counselor horror movies had. Right. Uh, it, it was budgeted at a million dollars and it grossed 208000 so it wasn't a success then. It is now, though, because... You know, Victor Crowley is definitely one of those characters that. Uh, oh, I'm looking at the. No, I'm looking at the right one. Okay. Um, definitely one of those characters that a lot of people haven't really heard of. But if you talk to horror fans, you know you you know Kane Hodder's kind of his his uh, resume. You know. Right. But Hatchet's good. Hatchet. It's one of those low budget movies, and and that in the first one, Adam Green actually they invented a gasoline powered belt sander. Like it never existed <laughs> until that movie. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I, kill someone with a gasoline belt sander, and it's it's great. I know I've seen the first one. I don't remember it because it's been so long since I've seen it. I haven't seen any of the others though. Um, yeah, that you're right. That was that kind of era when like the horror movement was really pushing to the supernatural. I think that's like when you know, yeah, uh, you know when Insidious and stuff like paranormal that, so activity and all that crap. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it was kind of moving away from that, uh, which is unfortunate. I like a good blend of everything. I do prefer psychological horrors. I do not think paranormal means it's psychological. Uh, I do. I think the par- yeah. I think the paranormal activity movies are trash. I, I I don't I don't get it. They don't scare me, and they're not entertaining. So like I don't the the yeah you're not wrong. The first one the first one was good for what it was because it was kind of like the Blair Witch of that time. Like it was. It had all the right surprises at the right time. Yeah, and there's only so many ways you can do that. So it's like, yeah, it the first one, like I said, I, I still wasn't a fan of the first one. I was bored. Like you're just waiting around for pop up moments and mm-hmm. little to no story. So you're just it's literally like, which I, you can watch YouTube videos that do that. Like I guess like I don't. But so, I refer to stuff like that, but I call it the YouTube jump scares. When it comes to stuff like that, like like sinister, how like there's like the side screen pop scares. That's what I refer to a lot of stuff as. Is that YouTube stuff? Is sinister the one with the uh, the black metal bad guy? Like he looks like he's a singer in a black metal band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. It's the one where the the, the Josh Hartnett, Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. That's who it is. I always get them backwards. Ethan, Ethan Hawke is watching uh, all these home videos. Of yeah, yeah. Getting killed. He writes true crime. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's true comedy. I, th- I enjoyed that movie. I didn't think it was like you know. I know they made a sequel. I never watched it. Uh, I enjoyed the second one a lot more than the first one. Oh, you did? I have to give it a try. Oh yeah. I enjoyed the first one for and what that it was. On Netflix. It's on Netflix. The Part second one is. On Net- Part- okay. Yeah. Right. I have to check it out. But um, but in Victor, like Hatchet, the first one, it has probably my favorite Kane Hodder kill of all time in it, and that's surpassing all of his Jason stuff. So what's if you haven't seen that? What's the kill count? Uh, he has through his whole series. He has sixty-four people. So what's in, do you have it just for the mo- first movie? 
the first Hatchet movie, there's 12. 12, okay. So how many movies yeah. are there? There's four. So four, it's average in a 16 a, a movie. Average is 16 a movie. It's pretty it's, it's impressive. It's because like, by the time part three comes around, dude, he kills... I think that's where half his kill count comes from, is part three. Okay. Yeah. But the, the, the amount of people in it, like there's... Robert Englund, Tony Todd, uh, R.J. Mil- R.A. Milohoff, which was one of the Leatherfaces, uh, Derek Mears, Daniel Harris, Sid Haig. There's just a ton of people in these movies. A ton of people. Huge list of of uh, horror film icons. Right, I have to check to see if I can find some more of the other ones. I've, like I said, I think I, I saw the first one. I mean, it probably been twelve years ago. Because right, yeah. you said it came out two thousand seven, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I would have saw it around there. Um, yeah. So around, right yeah. Like, uh, do you know if it's streaming anywhere? And I don't think it is. Uh, okay. Adam Green is very weird about his stuff streaming. Like, the, he just started streaming his TV show called Holliston on uh, Shutter. Which, if you haven't seen that dude, it's a three-room laugh track uh, TV show based on horror films. Gotcha. Yeah, it's good. Very funny. Alrighty. So once yeah. a, once again, your number three is Victor Crowley from Hatchet. Right on. Okay, so uh, I'm sticking with, like I said, uh, some more. This one's probably not super common, uh, but it's not a niche pick. Uh, like it's not your Freddy Kruegers of the world or your Jasons of the world, but it is a pr- fairly popular uh, horror villain. And uh, this one uh, terrified me more as a kid than I do an adult because it has aged a little bit. But it's more eerie and creepy than it is like, you know, ah, I'm scared, you know, like, but my uh, number three is The Thing from The Thing, 1982, not the 2011, uh, is it a reboot or a remake? I can't remember what it is, supposed that's to be a, a prequel, right? A prequel. Prequel, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, the, the Thing is a John Carpenter film uh, who is a, you know, horror icon horror icon so the character itself the thing is a uh, and i quote a parasitic extraterrestrial life form that assimilates then imitates other organisms so it's an alien (laughs) it's an alien parasite that literally feeds off of other living creatures and then can turn into those living creatures to basically use that as a form to keep feeding and uh this movie stars Kurt Russell. This is young Kurt Russell too. So like, uh, but this movie, it, it's it's terrifying. This the, 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 what that creature becomes by the end of that movie is grotesque, and uh, I think that's what kind of like as a kid I was like, Ugh. like as I, <laughs> it like the the sheer look of it is what terrified me. Like obviously as an adult you can go well, there's no realism to this at all. But it's it's just such an entertaining and well done movie, um, and I think it's too is like is this fear that you're trapped in this? Uh, I can't remember what they're in some kind of Arctic area. I don't know if it's is it Antarctica where they're at. Um, I think it is. I don't know. Or it was somewhere they're in like a frozen tundra, and so there's yeah you can't escape isolated. Yeah, you can't escape. Yeah. So it's this idea that you know something's coming for you. And you don't know how to combat it, and you can't get away from it. So that's the what makes this movie so terrifying. I do want to sh- uh, 
shout out the uh, character designer, uh, uh, Robin Botten or Rob Botten, uh, is a famous special effects uh, artist. Uh, he's done RoboCop, uh, Total Recall. He's done a, a bunch of stuff like that from the 80s and 70s. Like he's uh, a renowned special effects artist and he was the one responsible for designing and coming up with the look of that terrifying thing we see at the end uh i tried to look up its kill count because you got me inspired to look up the kill count uh <laughs> uh i'm trying to i'm looking here it, look, it looks to be presumably incinerated froze to death in anarcho so he doesn't really count um looks like it is 20 Looks like the thing kills twenty or assimilates twenty. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. So, uh, but yeah. Like I said, I'll, and I'll. It, it's just like, like I said, there's. It, it never has one steady shape, shape. It constantly changes the way it looks throughout that movie. That's the whole point of this organism. But uh, like I said, it was just very innovative. There was nothing like it at the time. There have been so many movies inspired by it since then. Like any any kind of alien based horror outside of maybe alien being the exception but like any other alien based horror is very much you feel like you can feel uh john carpenter's the thing inspiring the uh all those movies going forward uh, do, uh how do you feel about this movie i love it i love i'm very big into practical effects and that was the only thing that was wrong with the 2011 one it was just unfortunate of when it was made it was cg a lot of people yeah. Yeah, a lot of people shit on it just because of what it is. I'm like, it tells the story of Site A. Like, what's wrong with that? <laughs> you know, but it's just unfortunate that it was made in 2011 because the John Carpenter's one, the effects were just so good as practical. You know, they went all the way to the point where when the doctor was defibrillating that guy and his arms got bit off, that what they did is when his arms got bit off, they hired someone who was an actual amputee to make it look more realistic because he didn't have arms. See, it's just you know, they thought they thought more outside the box instead of using a green screen, which I love. Hey, I love Kurt Russell. Is it Keith David that's in it as well? Is that the other guy that's uh, in it? Hold on, I can look up cast real quick. Um, I was more uh, consumed by design. I don't. I don't have any cast here. All it says is Kurt Russell. Starring Kurt Russell, I do I do know Ennio Morricone did the uh, uh, the music for it, which is a did he pass away recently? Yeah, he passed away this year. He was an iconic spaghetti western, uh, basically. Uh, he do, and he's done some more uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino stuff recently. He did a lot of his stuff uh, before he passed, but uh, he was. A, I think John Carpenter was big into him because a lot of these like eighties horror film guys love spaghetti westerns they love that mm-hmm. that cheesy b element that look to it that uh it's just the camp really that kind of sells it exactly yeah, yeah. It, it, it is keith david keith david is the other survivor that's with kurt russell okay. at the end of the movie uh, <clears throat> but, goliath from uh, uh, gargos <laughs> yeah yeah no yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i'm saying spawn yeah you know? also yeah the voice of spawn because there's Dr. Priscilla, yeah. There you go. I love Keith David. Um, but a, yeah. A cool element, too, like I said, the budget was $15 million, and $1.5 million of it was spent just on that creature at the end. And it said, uh, yeah, yeah. I uh, love it. I love that giant, like the human face spider monster. At exactly. The end. Says, I love it. It was a mixture of chemicals, food products, rubber, and mechanical parts turned 
by a large team into an alien capable of taking any form. So like that's what he all the kind of he used uh, food and rubber and like it, that's what it looks like. <laughs> it looks like a, a large gross pile of all this amalgamation of things together come to life. So it's it's kind yeah. of brilliant. Like they just to create this original idea that didn't didn't look like anything before, and nothing could ever look like it again. Like just so you can't duplicate yeah. that process. So and it's such a it's such a left like a left turn remake because it's like it's the second remake of that movie, the the John Carpenter one. Because there was one before it, then there was it came from outer space, uh, the thing from outer space that came out like in the fifties, and then John Carpenter's the thing. Right. Uh, so, but it's just, it's so different than the other ones. That's what makes it the best one out of them. Right. Well, okie dokie, man. And the score is awesome. The oh, score yeah. is awesome. Awesome. Oh, fantastic. Really good music. Well, so I think we're going to push along now. Uh, so we're, uh, so that was my number three. So my number three was the thing from the thing. Uh, and now we're going to move on to Dustin's number two. My number two is Otis Driftwood. Otis Driftwood. From H- House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, okay. I, th- I was like, that sounds like a Rob Zombie uh, character. Uh, <laughs> and, I was, yeah. and I'm right. So <laughs> You were. You were. And, and, you know, and it was one of those where I thought after seeing Texas Chainsaw 2 that Bill Mosley would never top uh, Chop Top. Ever. But Otis is probably, he's my second favorite horror villain. You know, and that's another thing is like he's human. That's what makes it more scary. Like how you were talking earlier about um, Jack Torrance. Exactly. The human elements, man. Nothing more scarier than the human brain that is crazy. Um, Bill Mosley played him. It came out in August. Its budget was about $7 million. It made 16.5 back. So it was definitely, definitely uh, a success spawn two sequels and it's got a cult following uh, too it's made a ton of money probably on merch and all kind of stuff lately after that too oh yeah you know you can't go to any convention and not see somebody dressed the best bill mosley from house of thousand corpses yep you know it's so it, it my when i was younger it was one of those where i was like oh this is definitely just a blatant ripoff of texas chainsaw because it is it's 100 percent see almost scene by scene of texas chainsaw so, uh, when, go ahead, go ahead. I would say I always get okay. I always get those back the 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 because okay, so I know the Devil's Rejects was last right and then no Devil Reject was second what was the the one that just second. came out was three the, from hell three from hell okay so House of Thousand Corp that's the one with Doctor Satan right Doctor Satan yeah okay yeah. okay I was making sure I I because I always get the names backwards okay continue and uh, who else uh, you know I talked earlier about coming back to the office and Rain Wilson's in this is he and he. He's Fish Boy. Okay, yeah. yeah. Rain Wilson. Yeah. Rain Wilson. Let's say he's also been in a James Gunn movie, which we talked about. James Gunn. He plays the main character in Super by James Gunn. But mm, yep. So, but um, yeah. No, I I love House of Thousand Corpses. I love the whole. Now I do because I appreciate horror more than I did when I first seen it. Right. Um, the characters like I love Otis. Grandpa is great. Uh, Captain Spaulding, Doctor Satan. Um, R.I.P. Captain Spaulding. Yeah, yeah, Sid Haig. You know, it was one of those where when you see him in Three from Hell, dude, it's like you look sick, and it sucks because you can just tell from the journey from the first movie to the third movie, it was just unfortunate. I still haven't seen um, uh, Three from Hell yet. 
it, uh, you know, you know how people they tell you to stop at T two. Yeah. Stop at Devil's Rejects. Okay, then, that, then I'll never watch <laughs> it. Know, it's, but um, yeah, Otis Driftwood, man, I love it. I love, I love House of Thousand Corpses. It's great. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know, I, I'm up and down on Rob Zombie when it comes to his film horror films. Uh, like I do like House of Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects. I couldn't get through thirty. Was it thirty one? Was what it was called. Or whatever. So thirty one. You remember when Fangoria used to do movies? Yeah, yeah. They did a movie called Slashers, where it was a Japanese game show where they would put these people in a arena with three recently released uh, killers. Okay. And that's all I can think. And that movie came out in two thousand four, and that's all I can think about when I watched thirty one. Yeah, I could, it's I could, just, I couldn't get it's through. It's been it. done before. And yeah. then, and then you had his two Halloween. Uh, interpretations, which I wasn't a fan of either. Um, I loved the first one because I loved seeing the kid. The whole idea of Myers being human at one point to the point where he is what we know him as. Yeah, yeah. I I actually really liked the first one. Yeah, the first one's okay. Uh, But that second one was a hard watch. Um, Yeah, yeah. But... Uh, and he has he has his hands in another property that he's going to reboot, and I can't remember which one it is. Uh, it's another famous one. Uh, it's going to drive me nuts because uh, I remember he uh, he was announced a couple years ago that he was going to be rebooting something else, and I can't remember what it was. And I went, I, was, I remember them announcing, it, and I'm going, uh, <laughs> I can't remember what you it know, is. And I, and I know, and I know what you're talking about too, because I've heard it, but I don't. Oh, I don't remember. I'm going to ask you, what is your, what is, what's your boy's kill count? Do you know? Otis? Yeah. They, there isn't one. I, I looked. Like, it's just, you don't know how long he's been doing it. And in the movie, he technically only killed Rain Wilson. Because he made Fishboy. Right. So, but it's one of those things where the Firefly family, they, they found all these bodies in the house. Oh no! And he kills the 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 dad. The, you know that long drawn out gun to the head shot. Um. That yeah. So there's it's just too many bodies, I guess, that they couldn't count, that they just don't know about. So I don't know. I didn't. I couldn't. That's the only one I couldn't find one for. Man, it's bothering me. I can't find it anywhere now. But I know he was attached to do, uh, to redo something. And I can't remember what it what it was, and unfortunately, I can't find anything about it. So I guess whatever it was, it might have got dropped. Uh, whatever the whatever the uh, proposed idea that he reboot, it's gonna bother me, man. Let's see, career. Okay, I know he was in White Zombie. I don't need to hear all that. Upcoming films released a trailer for his third installment in the Firefly trilogy. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. So I don't remember, but I do know I did hear something that you're talking about, like how it was like Rob Zombie to do this. Yeah, he was like Rob Zombie attached to reboot something or other, and and then nothing, and then nothing. Huh? Oh well, nada. Apparently, it's not important. Non zombie. Apparently, it's not, not important. <laughs> it, it's it'd probably been not very great anyway, but. <laughs> It'd, yeah, pro- it'd probably it'd probably been just okay, like it uh, probably had Sherry Moon Zombie starring in it. Yeah, more than likely. So, all right. So your number your number two was 
Otis Driftwood from Ot- House for a Thousand Corpses. I got a Driftwood for you. Um, hey. 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 All right. So uh, my number two is going to stay fairly on topic or fairly on theme. Uh, and this is one of the most iconic uh, horror villains of all time. My number two is Michael Myers. Uh, this is so. This is obviously because you can see it's fairly high on my list. Why I was probably a little more uh, uh, particular about the adaptations of. It's not like every adaptation of Michael Myers is good. Let's be real. A lot of them are pretty bad. Uh, but this movie, and it has a lot to do with the score. Honestly, this is another John Carpenter movie. Uh, so as you know, it's like a, a common thread in my list which you know john carpenter is a horror guy or was a horror guy he passed away right i want to say he passed away a few years ago yeah he, uh no he's still west craven yeah west craven who i was thinking yeah so yeah one of them old horror guys uh <laughs> he, george romero passed away uh yeah yeah, yeah. john yeah. still kicking uh halloween came out the original halloween came out in 1978 and uh michael myers has appeared in every halloween movie but one uh, Halloween three. Uh, yeah. So like, because I've read, so, you know, I've read a lot of backstories on this stuff because, you know, I love the Halloween movies. So, you know, like the whole idea was that they didn't want that character to get stale and they wanted this Halloween to be more of like an anthology series. Like, or, like we're just going to do, tell a bunch of these creepy ass Halloween stories going forward. Well, they released Halloween three and it's about witches and the movie sucks and people wanted more Michael Myers. Cause that's what they got in the first two. And they said, Oh, we goofed. And then it never did the witches again and went back to <laughs> Michael Myers and every Halloween movie after that. So, um, uh, you know, the first Halloween is my favorite Halloween, favorite Halloween. It's the best Halloween, uh, but there are other good ones in the series. I, uh, Halloween two is good. Uh, I enjoyed H two O. I did. I really liked the new one with Jamie Lee, uh, Lee Curtis. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was just called Halloween, right? They, they didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah, thought it was fantastic. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, because they got the new one was supposed to come out this year, but I don't know when it's going to get put out now. Um but I'm pretty sure it's done filming, but you know, with everything going on with COVID, you never know when any new movies are going to come out. So what really, like I said, what really terrified me about this character growing up is so simple as the score. It's just the simple, the two instruments, basically just the piano that and then the, uh, you know, the synth in the background that like that just got me every time. And so funny story. <clears throat> growing up after my mom and dad divorced my mom moved in with her best friend jackie and uh jackie's daughter uh krista is the same age what's the same age as me and we grew up best friends since we were little little and we uh jackie was always big on halloween so one year we did uh we went out and did a little halloween party i think it was like 12 or 13 and uh stayed the night there and uh so the way their house was constructed it was like a double wire triple wide trailer and she lived uh Jackie's room was on the far end of the trailer and then that's where the living room was. And then Krista's room was on the far side and that's where we, uh, she had bunk beds. That's where we were sleeping. And, uh, Jackie went to bed before we did. And so we were just hanging out and then me and Chris are like, ah, oh, let's go to bed. So we go to bed and all of a sudden we hear like a faint. They were like, what the, what the hell? And we get up and we run into the living room and the TV is on playing Halloween right at that theme song. 
and we're looking. There's nobody to be seen. We look in and hit her mom, like, cause her mom had uh, these double doors that were clear, like, made of glass, and she's just in there sleeping, out cold. We're like, uh, yeah, to hell with this. So we turned the TV off, and then we're like, so we go back in her room and we lock the door, and we're like that, cause you were like twelve. So like, and then also we hear it again. Keep in mind, it's like two in the morning. So I said, they're here. Dee, 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 dee. I'm like, what the hell? This is like, t- like four or five minutes later. So we run out there again and the TV's on her mom, st- same exact place she was in that hadn't moved, still asleep. And the third time, like we decided to not lock the door. We, and we went in there and closed her door, but we didn't go in and we watched her mom get up to go do it again. Cause it's a pitch black. <laughs> and then, yeah, and she starts dying laughing. And Jackie had one of those laughs that was super contagious. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Jackie and Krista, uh, passed away in a car accident a couple of years after that story, which is kind of a downer, but like, uh, I had a lot of good memories in them. That's, but that's one of my fond memories of this movie. Uh, but, it's that the score is what's really always terrified me. And like I said, like we talked about is a human element to him, even though it seems like not much can kill him. Uh, like you said, he is a little more grounded in the, uh, Rob zombie version. And, uh, you also have the fun backstory on how his mask was created for those who don't know. Every horror fan knows, but for those who don't know his, uh, the mask is literally a face mold of William Shatner. <laughs> like, it is a leftover William Shatner face mold uh, that they turned into this mask. And so, famously, Michael Myers is William Shatner. Yep. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Uh, that being said, Michael Myers has been betrayed by portrayed by a bunch of actors. Uh, most famously is Nick Castle. Um, I know there's a couple. Of, oh, yeah, George Wilbur and Tyler Mayne are the other two. Tyler Mayne is the, is the, is the modern <laughs> Tyler one, right? Tyler the Rob Zombie ones. Yeah. Yeah. He's Rob sit- Zombie, well, he's just a massive massive human being he was a wrestler right and he was saber tooth in the yeah. x movies yeah right i'm pretty sure yep so um yep but yeah so it, like i said there's been a ton of people that played him but those are the three three that have played him the most nick castle is the original and i don't think he played him the whole movie two other guys i think i know they had a stunt guy who played him and then another uh there might have been two stunt guys and then nick castle is the one doing all the slow movement and the more methodical acting type stuff that he's doing but uh and the fact that he never speaks, you never see his face, like it's just, uh, it, like it's it's that slow burn too. It's like he he's never gonna ch- run after you, he's never gonna do anything you like, you know, supernatural. Like it's just, it's just creepy. It's that slow anticipation, the anticipation and stuff that always gets me. Like the stuff that you just you know it's coming and you just want it to be over with, just just happen. And like Michael Myers is like no. I'll kill you when I want. I wonder what his kill count is. It's got to be. It's got to be enormous. Hold on, my. You. I'll let you go ahead and talk about why I'll try to look up. Yeah. So my Michael Myers. I I enjoy Halloween, and Part Three is probably my not favorite of the whole series. But everybody loves the Silver Shamrock song. Um, <laughs> I love that. I love that song. It's so fun. But they actually, if there was a big box set that was put out for Halloween. There's like a 15-disc box set in the producer's cut of Halloween 5, The Curse of Michael Myers, that had the grown-up, um, the, the two little kids from the first movie. Yep, yep, yep. They're Paul, Ru- Paul Rudd and Daniel Harris's character. Um, 
the producer's cut actually ties three in with the continuity of the series by making the witch cult is who made Michael Myers invincible practically. So it was a little weird, but it's still three is still probably my least favorite of all time. Uh, my buddy JPEG, he swears up and down on that movie though. Cause he gives me shit every time we talk about it. I'm like, I just don't like it, dude. And he goes, it's my favorite. Uh, we put out a 31 movie watch list and that's the reason why Halloween three is on Halloween. It's because he picked that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude. I'm like, you. It makes me so mad. I mean, speaking of, me so mad. Speaking of Krista, Jackie, like they used to have this uh, this uh, local movie rental store at the end of their street, and me and Krista would walk up there and rent movies, especially during Halloween. They were like I said, they were big on Halloween. And one year we rented Halloween three because we loved the other Halloweens. And then when me and Krista watched it and realized, I, keep in mind, I'm like 12 or 13. I'm like, where's Michael Myers? I was like, what? Mm-hmm. We watched it. And went, this is bad. Like. <laughs> So yeah, I haven't I haven't wa- I haven't watched it in twenty years. I probably need to rewatch it. But uh, oh, I did look up Michael Myers kill count is one hundred and twenty one people, uh, wow. am- amongst all the movies. I don't know how much for the first one, but uh, out of his entire history is one hundred and twenty one, which I believe it because he just kind of first... ki- kills willy nilly. So <laughs> the, the first one, there's PJ Souls, um. There's the kid with the that gets stabbed, like the the boyfriend. Yep. Uh, with the glasses and the sheet, like the that scene. I want to say there's only like four or five. It's like her immediate friends. Yeah, and it's it's it's, it's in the later, more ridiculous movies where he just starts like when he's in the asylum and stuff. I think that's H two O, right? Or like he's like he just starts killing everybody that's in his path to get out. Like that's resurrection. Resurrection. That's, that's my right. favorite one. With- with Busta Rhymes. Yeah, exactly. There we go. Yeah, because he kills like a good ten. <laughs> he kills like good ten people at the beginning of the movie, just getting out. Like so, it's like. Yeah. But, yeah. So yeah, my number two is Michael Myers. So right on. So we're yeah. moving right along. So uh, now we are going to approach the part of the show that we call. That's right. This is our honorable mentions. It's the uh, the ones that didn't quite make our list, uh, which, like I said, for me, I end up having to cut out a lot. But I've, I made my two honorable mention ones, just ones that I personally like. I think I like how niche and uh, weird they are. So that's why I made my honorable mentions what they are. So, uh, Dustin, if you want to hit the people with your honorable mentions. Did you know Clive Barker made other movies other than Hellraiser? I did. I did. Yeah, Dr. Decker from Nightbreed is probably one of my... He, I had to take him off of my list. list. That's how close he was, man. I love Nightbreed. Um, he's the uh, the guy with the burlap sack head that has the two button eyes and the big zipper for the mouth. Kind of looks like Sam from Trick or Treat. Yeah, yeah. But uh, not as childish. And if anyone hasn't seen Nightbreed, I highly recommend it. Very good. And uh, my other honorable mention is Krampus. Oh, dude. Krampus. Oh, dude, the Adam Scott one? Yeah. I love that movie. Uh, me and Steph. I love It's so good. It's a funny story. So me and Steph watch that movie every year when we wrap presents. When we wrap mm-hmm. presents, that's the movie we watch <laughs> about ungrateful oh, kids and ungrateful family. We have the family tradition of watching Santa Slay for that. Oh, dude, Bill Goldberg, man. I love that movie. I don't. I need. I need to buy it. I love that movie. 
Um, that was the, that's the one thing I miss about working at the movie store, man, is that the stuff I would find, I'm like, I've been looking for this for like 10 years. So let me and say, oh, go ahead. Good. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say something about since you brought Sam up. So Sam, if I'm being honest, Sam is my favorite horror character of all time. I love the design. Mm-hmm. I love his look. I've got his pop. I've got all kinds of stuff. I did not put him on my list because I don't think he's a villain. Uh, yeah, because, uh, I mean, the man he kills is a murderer. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Well, so, he, doesn't even, he doesn't even kill him. No. He, like, like that's the thing is all the people he goes after are awful, awful people. And everything he's involved with, he's, you know, it, with it throughout the movie is with awful people. So I'm like, mm-hmm. and he's too cute. So uh, <laughs> I don't think he's a yeah. villain. I don't think he's a villain. That's why I did Because he was one of the guys I thought about because I love his character so much. I love the design and everything. I was like, yeah. and he is creepy. But I was like, but he's not a, to me, he's not a villain. So I was like, I, I can't put him on here. So I will say. So I, Sam, for me, Sam was, because when we first talked about this, my first initial person on my list was uh, the Creeper from Creep Show. Yeah, yeah. But I don't. It's the same boat as Sam. The creeper is the storyteller of the whole movie, right? So let's similar, so the, similar to the crypt keeper and tales from the crypt and stuff like that. Yeah, and like Sam, how Sam is the embodiment of Halloween. He's he's in each scene because each scene they're breaking the rules of Halloween, right? And the creeper was the same deal, but I just didn't see him as the villain because he didn't do anything wrong throughout the whole movie. He didn't. He didn't personally saw seek these people out to kill them like that, sam sam didn't do this sam didn't do it he's just making sure you follow those rules i can't wait till my kids are old enough that's gonna be the first ho- uh horror film i think i transitioned them with like a legitimate horror film i transitioned them yeah. into because i don't think it's too hard but it is a horror film so like it's like it's i don't think it's gonna give it like right, i'm not gonna show it to them now but like maybe in yeah. three four years i'll show them both to both so but i might show it to milo before it's show it to penny but honestly penny handles that stuff better than milo does so uh she's not scared of anything man like we were at the spirit halloween and she was telling me to stand on all the animatronics she wanted to see them all i was like you you have a she this is the same little girl who pulled for the shark in jaws so uh (laughs) cheered on the shark so all right so uh my honorable mentions uh so i i I almost put you know what I want to put three just for fun. I'm gonna put the third one. That's one I didn't put on the the entity from It Follows. Uh, okay. I want to put it on there uh, just because I think it's, it was an interesting concept. <laughs> it's you know it's an evil STD, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but that's fun. That's that, that wasn't originally. I didn't write it down, but I, I did want to give a little shout out to that. But uh, moving past that, uh, my real honorable honorable mention list. Uh, the first one I got is the Babadook, uh, which you know from the from the movie the Babadook. 2014 mm-hmm. it's just a is a kids book character uh basically hallucinated brought to life in the reality of within this family and it's such a terrifying design and like i just mm-hmm. i i like the design of it and i do think the movie is really creepy and really eerie really well done um it tells a great story my other one is just more just because i i i think it's a fun character but my other honorable mention is black philip uh, from <laughs> from the witch, uh, from the witch, yeah. I love the witch. Um, it's uh, which you know that's not a horror movie for everybody. It is uh very weird, very slow burn. It's very artsy. Um, but he's basically Satan in a goat form, and uh, he just has one question for you: Would thou like to live deliciously? 
uh, I love that movie. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. It's a slow burn, but I think it's very eerie and very weird. But yeah, my other honorable mention is Black Phillip, just because he's a cute little black goat. And I wanted that pop. Yep. I wanted I wanted that pop, and I never found him. So unfortunately, I, I think he's a common, so I could probably find him for cheap online. But uh, but yeah, Black Phillip uh, is my other honorable mention. So okay, so Philip Phillips. Philip Phillips, uh, Wilson Phillips is my other. <laughs> Hold on for one more day. Uh, so uh, <laughs> we're moving on. Now we're here to the uh, the tip top of our list, our number ones. So uh, Dustin, give the people what they want to hear. Tell them your number one horror horror villain. So my number one is another movie that came out in two thousand seven. I mean, there's so many movies that came out that year because at that, yeah, that start. That's really like when the start of like people just like studios pumping out horror films because they realize how much money they can make on them because they're such low budget. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you're going to give it to me because I, unless it, what's that? What's that one movie? As I know this is, uh, well, it might be. I don't know, but what's this? Probably not. What's the name of those movies that had Kane in them? Uh, see no evil yeah there we go <laughs> that's I, I actually i really enjoyed those too i like the first i like the first one uh but yeah there's a lot of those movies that like wwe studios were putting out and you know obviously blumhouse still, who still does that but anyway continue yeah. go wait 2007 no it would have been before then i was gonna say jeepers creepers but jeepers creepers came out in 2002 but yeah good um my number one is leslie vernon leslie. from behind the mask the rise of leslie vernon i've never heard of it so this movie, um, Victor Crowley and Trick or Treat, like those three movies, I seen a trailer for each one on each of those movies. So like I'd watch Victor, I'd watch Hatchet, and I seen the trailer for Trick or Treat. I watched Trick or Treat, I seen the trailer for Behind the Mask. Behind the Mask is a movie that when I worked at the movie store, when anyone said, "Hey, what's a really good, you know, horror movie to get someone started into horror movies?" I'm like, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. It's mockumentary style, so it's this camera crew goes out and finds this man named Leslie Vernon who wants to be interviewed, who sets up for his big night, which is like the night everything happens. He says, all right, so we're going to go to this diner. We're going to tie this little dental floss around his brick. You know, we're going to try and scare her to make her make it look like she's seen me, but she doesn't know what she's seen. So it'll he'll explain his plan out and then boom cuts the movie and it plays the scene out and then boom cuts back the documentary so he at one point is telling them about there's the survivor girl there's the group of stoners there's the college there's the, the frats there's the you know the brats that type of deal when it comes to picking out the group of people who are going to hang out on the big night um he's like all right so the survivor girl she goes to the library for this x amount of time during the night and she is i'm gonna put this newspaper article of her great uncle uh you know taking advantage of my mom and then that's how leslie vernon was conceived and i'm gonna put it here and then she's gonna go ask the librarian about this and then they're gonna tell the story or nothing's gonna happen so he leaves it up to chance and he after he breaks down his plan boom movie happens and the, what's cute is the little librarian that's in it is Zelda Rupenstein from uh, Poltergeist. Oh, right on. 
and she I love her. She's so adorable. She's up there with Pat Carroll when it comes to old grandma ladies. Um, <laughs> but it, he then goes to like the main house of like here's where everything's gonna happen. So it's like, do you ever wonder why flashlights when the survivors are like trying to the flashlight works, and then for some reason it stops working? He puts one dead battery in the flashlight, or why they're always jumping from the second story window from the first story instead of opening the windows from the first story because the windows are nailed shut on the first story. It's like he sets everything up. So it's like they treat it like an industry. So he goes to like his um, mentor, which is the guy that plays Herschel in The Walking Dead. Yep. He He's like the big mentor of the movie. He's like, you know, and he knows like he refers to like Jason and Freddy and Michael Myers by like like, they're his buddies. Like, he knows that type of deal. Like, Fred, Mike, and Jay. Like, type... It's so funny. If you haven't seen this movie, dude, it's... You it's know, one of those that you'll get through it just because you'll love it, but it's... It breaks it. It breaks down horror. And he brings up the fact about the... How you brought up how Michael Myers will catch you at his pace. Right. He goes, all right, so I'm going to race you. I bet you I can catch you before you can get to that tree. And it's like 40 yards away, you know? So she starts running and he runs behind her. When she turns to look, he stops and starts walking. And she turns around and looks forward and starts running. He starts running. She turns around and looks at him again and he starts walking. So it looks like he's continuously walking, but he's still keeping up with her because he's running. It's gold. <laughs> I can talk about it all day, dude. I, it's gold. I'll just, I check, I'll just check it out. I gotta see if I can find it on a thing. Uh, if not, I could probably find it uh, through other methods. Uh, <laughs> other other methods we won't document. Uh, you know what his kill count is? I do. He has a kill count of ten. Of ten. Okay. There's a kill count of ten, and it's because it sets up like he he has his kills for the night, and then there's like Robert Englund's in it, but he plays like the Doctor Loomis character. Okay. He's like you know he was a patient of mine back then, but it's Robert Englund. Kane Hodder's in it. Um, so a bunch of horror class of people. For people who don't know who Robert Englund is, he's he is Freddy Krueger. So for those who don't yeah. know who Robert England is, in uh, the Kane the Kane Hodder cameo, it comes like they're they're filmed like the sign that says Elm Street. Yeah, and they're like, hey, excuse me, can you please tell me about your neighbor? And it's Kane Hodder like trimming hedges, and then he just walks back in his door. It's like <laughs> that that was the Kane Hodder cameo of the movie. It's good, man. It's really good. And Zelda Rupenstein's in it. She's the little old lady from Poltergeist. Yeah, yeah. Um, the guy can I can never remember the guy's name, but he's the guy that played Herschel in The Walking Dead. Okay. Is in it. Um, I think that's really it when it comes to cameos. Okay. I'll have to check it out, man. I, I'm down to watch just about any kind of horror. So especially, spe- especially super campy stuff. I love that. I love that. That sounds like an interesting it's concept. Good. So, okay. So what, hit one more time. The, your number one is Leslie Vernon from Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Right on. Cool deal. All right, so now we're on to my number one. Okay, so my number one is a very obvious pick. My number one is what a lot of people will probably put somewhere in their top one to three. Uh, but I, I'd be remiss if I didn't put him here. He's just uh, he's terrifying. Every adaptation of him has been terrifying. My number one is Pennywise the Clown from the It series. And I don't care which one you pick. I think Tim Curry's is obviously great. But I also think Bill Skarsgård kills it. So, which I was really worried about because I love Tim Curry. Uh, they both put their own spin on it, and they're both equally terrifying for different reasons. 
Uh, so for those who don't know, Pennywise is a character created by Stephen King in his It novel. Uh, it was brought to life in a 1990 miniseries made for TV, which is crazy that that movie is made for TV. <laughs> like, oh yeah, uh, but, oh yeah. But and then it was also remade into two movies uh, within the last like what 2015 and 2017 or something like that. It's uh, mm-hmm. It Part One and It or it's just It then It Chapter Two. So uh, unfortunately, story wise both suffer from the sim- similar problems the f- where the first chapter is first part is much better than the second uh oh yeah because the kids it's then that's just a story element there's nothing you can do about that when you take the heart out of any story which is what the kids are in that story uh once they kind of go away you kind of remove a lot of what makes the movie so great um but that being said uh this one's not hard to explain why it's terrifying it's a clown people it's one of the things it's one of those things that scares more people in this world probably than anything are clowns they don't now clowns don't traditionally scare me but it's like like a regular clown doesn't bother me like i can it's not gonna make me go oh no but this clown (laughs) does uh and like i said and i probably want to dive into both portrayals because they both are scary for different reasons now like tim carrey uh tim carrey tim curry is uh his is more eerie because of how friendly he attempts to appear. And obviously Tim, way Tim Curry dives into every character is brilliant. Uh, if you don't know who Tim Curry is, you probably listen to the wrong podcast, but you know, uh, Tim, uh, Tim Curry, uh, you know, he's the, uh, I can't remember his character name. But he's, he's basically the devil in legend. Uh, he's been in Home Alone. He's Nigel Thornberry. He's uh, Doctor Frankenfurter in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, he's in Clue. He's in Clue. He plays the Butler. Uh, Wadsworth. Wads fellow. Or, Wadsworth. Wadsworth. Yeah, in Clue. Wadsworth, yeah. yeah uh, he's countless. He's tons of tons of voice acting. Uh, he's the he's the he's Hexus in Ferngully. Uh, <laughs> he's uh, been in Duckman. Like I said, I, I I could spend all day just talking about Tim Curry, but his portrayal of this is fantastic. Like from the opening scene in the gutter with Georgie and, uh, and just that whole delivery, man. That's why it's like when I, like, cause if we're being fair, the original it miniseries isn't very good. <laughs> like the first half is, is pretty good. The second half is really bad. Uh, even especially yeah. the, uh, practical effects of the spider at the end. So, for those who don't know what Pennywise is, Pennywise, he portrays himself as a clown. Uh, if you've read all of Stephen King's stuff going forward, uh, like the interpretation of what he really is kind of changes. Uh, but he is a shapeshifter. Uh, he can turn into basically whatever... He feeds off your fear. And whatever your greatest fear is, he can turn into it. Whether it be a giant spider, a werewolf, or whatever it is, depending on if you read the books and stuff. And later you find out, he's I guess he's from that same... Uh, parallel universe that the dark tower is based in and like the giant tortoise whatever is his natural enemy or whatever and i think that's why he escapes here to basically feed unhindered uh but uh so i mean what's more terrifying than something that can turn into your greatest fear and then feed off of it you know what i mean like it's just <laughs> it's like it, it could be anything and uh his that's why his portrayal is creepy well now uh Bill Skarsgård's is more like cosmetically. He looks more terrifying. Like the design is more terrifying. Uh, but what's more impressive to me is some things that the actor was able to do. Guys, you and I think talked about this is like how Bill Skarsgård can move one eye. And so they use that in filming. So 
every time he's on screen, one of his eyes is always on the camera, which is staring at you, which is creepy as hell. Uh, and like I said, uh, in any movie where the antagonist, a horror film, the antagonist goes after children, it automatically makes it more terrifying as well. Because especially if you are a kid and you watch the original, which I was, uh, big mistake. Uh, the, it, I, like I said, the, the whole concept behind it, uh, a creature that feeds on fear and its main avatar is this like just gross looking clown is it's just it's just a brilliant design um and like i said the story uh has its faults um like i said the first half brilliant second half not so much but uh i'm more just terrified by the character the character is not flawed throughout the movie he stays pretty much terrifying so um but yeah i i did find his kill count i did some deep dive so this one's a little tricky because the lore behind him so now this isn't within the movie, but this is the kill count uh, for him. What they what is led to believe if people do the math because of how long he's existed, going by what they talk about his history within the town and how how often he comes back to feed and kill. Uh, that the math is if he's been here as long as they think he has, they think the math uh, is anywhere between twelve thousand one hundred seventy seven to eighteen thousand and eleven deaths is how many he's killed you win yeah so uh but on screen he kills five i believe i think it's like some yeah. somewhere around there on screen it's like five because you know this is kind of the end of the character so spoiler alert for a movie that's 30 years old uh yeah. this is where he finally meets his end but this character is centuries old so it's believed that you know he comes back and feeds and if he's still alive obviously he's still feeding so um uh yeah, so that's uh, my number one is Pennywise. Do you have anything to add to Pennywise? Yeah, clowns make me sweaty. So like whenever like <laughs> I do have the irrational fear of being around a clown, dude. Like it's no like I get nervous and sweaty, and I don't I don't know why. Like it's just one of those where if I'm around them, I don't I I, I literally horse blinders come up and I do not make eye contact and it's called I'm sweating. And, it's called chorophobia. Chorophobia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I'll I'll tolerate it, but I won't like it. You know, if if, if I like when we go to spook houses or whatever, there, there's always the clown because either they know there's always people who are afraid of clowns. So I try to make it as less obvious as possible while I'm being super obvious that I am afraid of clowns. Gotcha. Because it just makes they just make me sweaty, dude. But I love. Bill Skarsgård's interpretation because it is more modern as, as as old as he looks he is a more modern take on it um and you're right about the first the first one is great because of the children like the children are what make that movie and the second one when they took the kids out man it's just and it was too they, 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 go ahead good no you go ahead no you go ahead no you go ahead no I'll go ahead okay <laughs> all right yeah, no. I, the, 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 when I took the kids out of the second movie, it just it took the whole, like you said, it took the heart out of it. And I didn't want to watch these grown folk run around trying to not be scared by this clown because it's not scary. But the kids is what made that movie. And then um, Finn Wolfhard, you know, as much as he's typecasted in these 1980s anything he's in, uh, plays Richie really. He did Seth Green Justice. Oh yeah, he's he's the best part of the of he's the best of the group. 
uh, far as portrayals. Yeah. I think he's fan. I love Finn Wolfhard, so and I'm excited to see yeah. him in Ghostbusters. So, um, oh yeah, it's Ghostbusters. I'm excited regardless. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We we've talked about this. So yeah. Uh, which side note? I, I don't think I had it when you were here, but I got the Neutrino wand. The the newer one oh, from the really? new. Oh dude, it was on sale at uh uh GameStop for eighty bucks. It is awesome. Mm. When y'all come back up here, I'm obviously going to show it to you. But uh, so, sorry, it's the Neutrono wand. They changed the name of it, I, uh, which I don't know what the explanation is behind it. But it does have three modes on it now. I'm I'm wondering if because I think it's supposed to be for the new movie. I'm wondering if Spangler's daughter uh, modded it. So I'm, I'm now I got so many questions. Now I need to see the movie. So I need the movie. I need it. I need it. I need it badly. I need it. We were supposed to have had it already. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Corona. Yeah. Uh, Thanks a lot. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah. So anyway, give the people your five down one more time my five down is audrey two brandon Breyer, victor crowley otis driftwood and leslie vernon right on so my number five is the shark from jaws number four jack torrance from the shining number three the thing from the thing <laughs> number two michael myers from halloween series and number one pennywise from it so right on, man. I think that's a pretty good list. It's a pretty good list. Um, yeah. So now we are going to move along to the part of the show that we call. It's the weekly recommendations, baby. That's right. This is our weekly recommendations. It's the part of the show where we give you something we're reading, listening to, watching, just something that we uh, that has been part of our uh uh, orbit for the last week so we're going to give you some of that so uh dustin what is your weekly recommendation um so listening to a lot of music lately a lot of music and i rediscovered this horror punk band that i've discovered back in like 2008 mm-hmm. like my hot topic days uh <laughs> they're called the coffin caddies and they are a horror punk band that from miami florida and they do stuff. They have uh, a Monster Squad song. They have a Zombies Ate My Neighbors. They have a song for Sin City. Uh, they have a song called We Are Venom, and it's loosely based off of Spider-Man 1994 animated series. Um, it's good stuff. It's it's punk. It sounds like a Misfits cover band doing horror movie songs. Awesome. And uh, once we get to the end of the show, uh, that is going to be the song that we send you guys out on so uh well we're going to send you guys out on that uh recommendation that dustin gave you so if you guys can check them out i think they're on youtube i imagine they're on spotify and everything right yeah they're on spotify and they're on youtube okay cool so my weekly recommendation is a tv show that uh me and the wife just we binged it so quick it was uh, highly addictive i didn't think i was going to like it as much as i did but it is an amazon prime original called utopia uh, it's only eight episodes the first season. It just came out. Uh, it stars Rain Wilson as well. <laughs> it's got Rain Wilson uh, <laughs> and, and John Cusack. It's uh, so it is wild. I, I don't know how to sum it up uh, without giving too much away, but it's loosely based on this comic book. Uh, there's this comic book called Dystopia, uh, and these group of friends are obsessed with uh, that they believe that within this comic. 
there are hidden signs of predicting all these major pandemics that have been happening in the world. So they go to meet up with this at this convention in the first episode to get a hold of this new comic called Utopia that's supposed to be the sequel in which they uh, think it's going to predict the next big thing. And so at the same time, though, there's also this large organization that's trying to get a hold of it too. So it's like this element of uh, this very like comic booky side of the story uh, where all this crazy, wild stuff happens. And then there's the other side of the story where there's legitimate pandemic and people dying and th- these stories intertwine with each other. So it is, it's wild, dude. And as a huge cliffhanger... <laughs> at the end of the season. <laughs> uh, but uh, I highly recommend it. If you like, just, it is, it is, uh, it is very mature. It is a hard R. It, it might feel a little insensitive right now because of all the stuff that's going on, but it was in production well before all the stuff that happened. Uh, and they warn you before the show starts that it's fictional, has nothing to do with it. And so much so it's actually based on a British show called the same thing so uh so it's it it it's a remake it's an american remake but they it is so good um but that's my weekly recommendation it's called it's called utopia and it's on amazon prime so right on man so this was fun once again yeah. uh it, it would have liked to, to been able to have blake on for this obviously because he's my co-host but life happens man so it is uh this on this recording the ter- current rec- time of our recording is uh Blake's son's birthday. So happy birthday, Atlas. Uh, big 10 years old. You're probably not going to listen to this, but uh, Blake will. So happy birthday to your boy. Uh, and uh, may you have a good one. But uh, Dustin, tell the people where they can find you and what you got going on right now. Um, I just recently I had to take a break from posting videos on YouTube, but I actually just posted one yesterday. So I'm back at it. Uh, you can find me on YouTube at Sonic Doom underscore. I post a lot of gameplay videos of stuff that I've been playing lately, um, and I'm on Twitch as well. Uh, same deal, and, uh, at Sonic Doom underscore. It, uh, you can find me on there, hooting and hollering. Uh, and do you have mer- you have merch still? I do. I uh, do. I have koozies. I have shirts. I have uh, I have decals in the works. So I'll have stickers. I'll join the sticker club. There you go. Everybody else has stickers. Yeah. Right on. So y'all can go to, uh, and you can message him and have any questions about what kind of games he plays or personal questions. Feel free. He's uh Dustin's super open dude. You can find him on his, all his, uh, contacts. And if you're want to get a hold of any of his merch, obviously he can help you out there too. Um, uh, me and my son watch your Twitch. So like every now and then when we get a chance, uh, especially the Avengers stuff, he was way into that. He was, it, he blew his mind that he was able to talk cause he watches most of the stuff he watches is the YouTube videos. So they're old. The idea that yeah. he was watching you do it live and you were responding blew his mind. And like, he's like, man, I want to, he goes, I want to stream so bad. So I'm getting, I, I got him that, uh, ordered the Xbox series S. I think I might set up like a little YouTube channel, not a live stream, just to see how he does and that way I can edit it and handle it and see how he does and if he has a good time with it uh maybe doing like a little a once a week twitch thing for him just uh just for family and friends that want to say hey to him and stuff so I think it'd be fun but uh yeah right on so uh obviously you can find our show uh, that you're currently listening to objectively subjective at our website, objectively subjective podcast.com. Uh, we, d- uh, have merch on there. We have t-shirts and we have koozies and, uh, we have stickers for free. If you guys want stickers, just get a hold of me. We can get you some stickers, uh, and magnets, I think too. Uh, but, uh, 
we also have all our links to our social media on there uh or on instagram at objectively subjective podcast we are on twitter at objectively sub and you can also email us if you have any recommendations for future lists or versus episodes uh at objectively subjective podcast at gmail.com like i said all the links are on our web page if you uh we are available on all podcast uh platforms if uh you listen to us on anything that has a review or rate we please 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 like on apple uh if you can't jump on there give us a five-star review you can talk trash about us all you want but it just helps the algorithm of new people find us um but once again thank you guys for listening and uh this next song like i said is uh one recommended by dustin it's called we are venom by the coffin caddies and we look forward to seeing you guys next week when we finally do the treehouse of horror episode all right guys peace out see you we are venom now we are-